0: Welcome to the podcast for wgts 91.9's gateway fellowship a weekly service for anyone of any faith who is seeking hope you can learn more and find more messages like this by visiting mygatewayfellowship.com magic words wow some of these words are going to sound familiar to some of you and others won't but what they all have in common Are there so-called magic words? And let me just share a few of these words with you. One goes all the way back to ancient Iran, and it's simply this, abracadabra. How many of you have heard that before? This one, I'm going to mispronounce it, but I'll try. Bibbly, 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 ba -ba Boo. (laughs) Those were the words from Cinderella. Here's another one. (laughs) Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. There we go. There we go. Hocus-pocus. Here's one that you might recognize. Here we go. Sim-shabla-bim. I know, that's a rough one there. (laughs) And how about this one, um... This one is uh, from um, uh, Captain Marvel, Shazam. (laughs) And some of us older ones think of Gomer Powell when we hear Shazam. But they are magic words. And we know as, as believers that there's really no magic in those words or anything. But I am here to tell you that the Bible has some magic words. Words that can make a difference to each and every one of us. Let me share you the Bible's magic words. It's found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was. The magic words there are simply let there be I don't think we truly understand that sometimes. That we serve a great God. A God that can look at our situation no matter how negative, how hopeless it might seem. And he can bring life into that situation by simply saying, let there be. And with those three words... He can take the impossible and make anything possible. And so no matter where you are today in your life, God wants to speak those words to your situation. Let there be. And just like he was able to create something out of nothing, he can do the same for your situation right now, this very moment. There are some here today that are struggling financially. And once again, from your point of view, it looks hopeless, it looks like it's impossible. I can't get out of it. There are some people in this very room that you don't even wanna go home and open the mailbox because you know what's gonna be there. There's others who don't even answer their phone because they know who's on that 800 number that's calling them. But friends, I want you to know that there is nothing impossible for our God. That he can look at your financial situation and he can say, let there be. And you will see miracles start to take place. There are others here that are struggling in relationships And once again, the relationship looks hopeless. It looks impossible. We think of the young lady who said that after all the years, 68 years old, her husband leaves her. And once again, from our point of view, it could look impossible. It could look hopeless. But the same God that sits up high, that looks down low, can look at that situation and simply say this, let there be life back in that relationship. And friends, there's all people all around us who God has healed, who has restored relationships. And finally, there are some here that are struggling spiritually. And let's just be honest that that there are times where you don't even want to read your Bible. I'll be honest, there are are certain days I've gone through so much stuff the day before that when I say, I'm going to get up this morning, I'm going to read my stuff, and I get up and I don't want to do it, to be honest with you. I'm just been real with you. There are some days where I am on a spiritual high that I'm just, woo, everything is going so good. And there's other days that I am on the ground. Things are so bad. And it's those challenges that we have to call out to God. Lord, I don't feel like praying right now. I'm just being honest with you. I don't feel like reading my Bible. I don't even feel like going to church right now. But that's when you have to say to God, but Lord, I need you to breathe life into me. Just like you made something out of nothing. I need you to do that to my spiritual life. And friends, all God wants you to do is be real and honest with him. That I know, and you hear me say this all the time, that, that religious organizations, they teach us this thing where we can put on these fake smiles and walk in and act like everything is all bubbly and happily. But inside, pff, there are times we are hurting. There are many times where people used to tell me that if you could read the mind of the person next to you, even in a religious setting, that some of you would run out of this building if you would think what you're thinking this very moment. Because we're honest, we're real, we're open people. We have struggles. But the good news is God never leaves us where we are at. But you have to take the action. He's not going to force himself on you. You have to take the action. And by taking the action of belief, And the belief is simply this, is that there is something higher than me that can change my situation. That's the first step. But if you don't even believe that something can even change your situation, you're going to find yourself always at the same place. You think of Abraham, who God told him to leave. And I'm going to make you a great man. and You're going to bless many people. Abraham could have listened to that all day long and said, that's right, that's right. But unless he took action and belief, it would have never changed. All throughout the Bible, you think of David and David was the, uh, of one of the smallest families in Israel. And, and then on top of that, that David was, the, was one of the least of his own family and the list goes on and on. And, and the prophet simply tells him that you are gonna be a great king one day. And if David didn't believe that, He would have just sat there in the field, still doing the same thing. Yeah, maybe he's going to do it. Maybe he's not. But instead, David took action. You think of Esther, who was a slave in a hopeless situation. And the prophet Mordecai tells her that Esther, that you are going to do something great for your people. You're going to save a nation because of you. And Esther could have just said, well, you know what? That's right. Maybe. I don't know. But instead, Esther took action. And friends, that's what God wants us to do. Not just hear the words, let it be, but to really start believing that those words can apply to your life. And to realize that there is no situation so hopeless that God can't fix it. There is nothing so tangled that God can't straighten it out. And there is nothing so bad that God cannot make good out of that situation. Now, some of you have heard me share this before. If you haven't, good. If you have, good. You need to hear it again. (laughs) I struggled with school my whole life. Struggled, struggled. Uh, I can give you letters of classified, retarded. I mean, I can give you all sorts of labels that were placed on me. But I had a grandmother who spoke those words of let it be and taught me at a very early age that God can even take a little boy who can't read and do something special. And I thank God so much that I believe those words. After leaving the United States Air Force, I decided to go to a college um, there in Alabama, a Christian College. And I was excited. I took class, signed up for classes like everybody else. And then they had you, if you didn't come right from high school, you had to take a pretest test where they can see what classes you can fit in and all that, and different things, you know what math levels and all of that. It was so funny that a lot of the guys that I took our pre-classes with, a lot of them they were so bright that they skipped the freshman English and freshman math. And they placed them in a higher one and gave them the credit for that. And so I remember I took my little reading English test or whatever. I did the exact opposite. I went lower. (laughs) And I went to a class. It was a pre-English class. It was so bad that you didn't get credit for the class. You had to pay for it, but you didn't get credit. You had to pass this class to get into the regular class. And the nickname for the class was called Bonehead English Class. And they would say, Oh, who's in Bonehead? And I was one of the ones. And can y'all imagine this? Just honestly think of this. You just got to picture this in your mind. I had just left the White House shaking the hand of the President of the United States, giving me a hug, and saying, Terry, I'm so proud of you. You're gonna do fantastic in college. We're gonna miss you at the White House, but I know that God has a better plan for it. the president of the United States said that to me with a hug. And Three months later, I'm in bonehead English class. Can you just imagine how embarrassing that would be? And then they're letting us know that if you don't pass this class, that you're not even going to be allowed to be entrance into the college. And I'm thinking that, Lord, did I really hear your voice to quit the White House and to start school, to become a pastor? This just can't be right. And I remember taking that class, and, and um, one of the things they had us do eventually was to uh, um, um, write a paragraph of why we're in this class for. And that was our assignment, just simply write a paragraph, why are you taking this class? And so I wrote my paragraph like everybody else, and, and, and I always tell Pete this, this is one of the funny things, is that in between that summer of leaving the White House and going there, the Lord put on my heart that I was going to write a book. I don't know why, and I'd be the last person in the world to write a book. I I can't even get through class. I'm not writing a book. But the Lord, just as clear as I'm looking at you, he said, Terry, you're going to write a book. And so I'm thinking of my paragraph, what to write. And so I write my little paragraph out, and I said, I'm taking this class because one day I'm going to write a book, and this class is going to help me. A little simple little thing. And so I remember the professor coming out, and I won't mention his name. Some of you will know his last name even. You would know him. And and as he's handing out the papers, I was so excited. It was my very first college class in my life. And I was going to get my very first college grade. I remember being so excited. Yes, I'm going to get a grade. Yes, I'm in college. This is really happening. So he's handing out everybody's papers. He hands out my paper. And I'm excited, I'm gonna see it my first grade. And friends, the Lord is my witness. I had a great big F on my paper. My first college grade ever, an F. Talking about, <laughs> talking about doubting God. I'm like, Lord, pff, you didn't set me up now. Had me leave my good job. And here I am flunk I'll be honest, I was just mad, <laughs> just like, this, this, is, this, is, this ain't right now. And so I, I didn't know what to do, and so I was trying to think in my heart, now maybe I need to get back in the Air Force. I need to figure out what I need to tell whoever I was sorry to, and, and let me get back in. And so I remember talking to the professor at the end of class, and he says, you're probably wondering why you got an F. And I said, yes, he says, you got an F because you're talking about writing a book? Do you realize what class you're in? He says, Terry, simply do this. Go back and rewrite it. Some people wrote, I'm in this class because I want to be able to get into the college like everybody else. Just simply go back, rewrite the paragraph and I'll regrade it for you. I praise the Lord. And so I remember I went back home and I'm in my little room and these were the tim, the days before computers. And so you had to struggle. And I'm there with the little typewriter and, and y'all didn't want to hear about my typing now. I'm, I'm Since I'm dyslexic, I will tell you this a sidebar is that when I took typing class, my typing prof- uh, teacher in high school is now a recruiter for Loma Linda University. And every time he sees me, he reminds me of the story. He says, Terry, you're the only person ever in all my years of teaching typing that you had typed 10 words and had 12 mistakes. He saved a paper, honestly. I had did 10 words and 12 mistakes. I know, I know, trust me. (laughs) And when you see the paper, you will say, oh my goodness. So you have to understand how struggle this thing was. And so I went back with my little typewriter and I'm thinking, what am I going to write? All right, I'm taking this class. And then something hit me. I simply said this. Did God really speak to me? Can God really take a situation that seems hopeless and do something special out of it? I had to make a decision whether or not I would believe God. And there are many of us here today where you need to make that decision do you really believe that God has something special for your life? Do you really believe that you are in existence for a reason? Do you really believe that that God can look down at you and say, let there be, and something special can happen? So the next day I turned in my paper And I remember the professor smiling. He says, that's all you had to do was rewrite it. You'll be fine. And when he looked at my paper, it was the exact same paragraph. God has told me to write a book. He gave me another F. And friends, I wish I could give you a glowing report that I went on to pass. I got an F for the entire class. I had to take the class over again through another teacher. But I will tell you this, five years later, I'm in Huntsville, Alabama, Barnes and Noble, doing a book signing. And the most amazing thing, and the Lord is my witness as I'm signing books in the distance is the professor with his grandchild. He gets up to me and says, that was one of my students, everyone. That was one of my students. If you would have wished words I could have said to him. <laughs> yeah, I should have put an F on his book. Huh? <laughs> but I just smiled and just didn't want to do anything in front of his little grandchild. <laughs> but friends, it just, once again, it reminded me how God can say, let there be. Amen. What are you holding on to today? What do you need God to say, let there be in your life? Because God wants to do it. There is nothing impossible for him. There was a youth group, I believe they're from Missouri, and one of the kids who was physically challenged, but he wanted to do something special to reach out to people for Christ. And so... He thought of something and people laughed at him and said, well, that's not gonna work. But I'm so glad that that little boy in that youth group let the words of let there be work in his life. And I wanna show you the video of what he was able to put together. Look at this video, and you too will become a believer of let there be. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9 in Washington, D.C. We'd love it if you came to visit sometime. We meet each Saturday afternoon at 5 at the Mrs. John Hopkins Memorial Chapel at Tacoma Academy in Tacoma Park, Maryland. You can learn more and get directions by visiting MyGatewayFellowship.com.